Join the Minetti Shrem Museum on Thursday, March 2nd from 4.30 to 7 p.m. for an evening showcasing student expression on the Museum Plaza, featuring music by KDVS DJ Oliver. Print your very own special edition screen print from Tana and discover zines by Data Plus Stories. 
Plus, see the exhibition Mike Henderson Before the Fire, 1965 to 1985, and meet student groups who embody Mike Henderson's legacy of community service, including Davis Books for Prisoners, Aggie House, and Davis Period. Again, that is Thursday, March 2nd, from 4.30 to 7 p.m. at the Minetti Shrem Museum. As always, we are free for all. You know, the biggest gift probably wouldn't be for me now that I think about it. Hi. Hi, everyone. It's me, Bad Adam. Thank you to Punks and Dewey for their overtime session a little bit there. They're so great. They're, I, there's a lot of great KDVS DJs, but like, I kind of let them do their thing, you know? like oh yeah they're doing their thing i love it but i actually listen to their show i really do like it i want to be more like that it's two djs two how do they i don't know it's it's hard for me to have a co-host like that but they're just so seamless it's like i don't know they're great anyway Welcome to the show. Um, it's thank you for being a friend with me, Pat Adam, weekly public affairs show. Uh, the following disclaimer, the, the, the views presented in this hour do not reflect the views of KWS, KWS sponsors or the University of California. Um, hi. So, again, like, I'm sorry for the late start, but it's kind of like, I don't know. If you're waiting for me to come on at 8 a.m., have you ever caught me on 8 a.m. on the dot? Probably maybe once. No, no, not even once. and Dewey just left the building. Um, not, not even, you know what they say, not even once. That's for me and starting on time. Anyway, um, as I continue to set up, shouldn't be much longer. Thought I'd pop in here and at least let you know the show's happening. And also, I was like, I've been saying this for weeks. I'm like, I'm not going to talk about AI artificial intelligence me on my show never I was like I'm not I'm not gonna do that and I really wasn't but as I as uh, Punks and Dewey were leaving they're like did you know about Spotify uh, has an AI DJ and I'm just like what and they explained to me the concept and what do you know? I start talking to the AI. And then I go on air. And then I just say, I just said what I said. 
But uh, yeah, I kind of want to talk. I feel like I've we've been doing a lot of like fun shows lately, which is good. I need. I want to talk about something a little more spicy. You know, push really push myself a little bit because in the past when I go spicy, I go. That's too hot. That's too hot, too. And then I turn the mic off. And I talk about something else. With the mic off. Uh, yeah, so... I... Wanted to talk a little bit... And this is kind of nuanced. Alright, so... And this is like a very narrow audience. So if this is not... This is not about using, You know... Just know that. Um, there's this thing that's happening in Indian country and it's been going on. It's called, it's colonization. That's the thing, but it's, it continues. It changes faces. It changes its methods and pathways, but it's still the same thing. Scholars will be like, oh, post-colonialism. And then, like, really big brain scholars will be like, post-post-colonialism. And then small brain types like me, very small, like very smooth brain, no wrinkles at all. Very little surface area. Uh, we say colonialism. We say genocide. So the spicy topic is about how we Indians, indigenous people, I should say, in this context, that makes more sense. how we are committing genocide on our own people. And it's more than just like being complicit, you know. Well, we restarted the song, that's fine. Um, it's more it's more than just being complicit because that's an argument you hear all the time about like if you stand on the sidelines that's a sports metaphor by the way because they play sports in like little squares and airlines and uh we don't talk sports on the show because we try not to make it a boring show oh no, I love swords. No, but there's that, there's this thing that people say. It's like, if you remain silent, then you're just as bad. Don't really want to go into that. 
but I get, I get, I get it. Um, but this is not that. This is about. This is about people. The wave of of disenrollment of people. Denying uh, denying kinship to their relatives for money. About d- denying like what do we have? As native people, when I'm, I want to shout her out by name, but I'm not going. I try not to use names on the show. But one of my uh, uh, Native American studies professors uh, and one of my favorite people, one of the uh, first uh, classes I ever took in Native studies was taught by her, and she's she always says like our greatest resource is each other. And so, this disenrollment wave and the, the parameters of it, you know, being defined by colonialism, by federal law, colonial law, you know, blood quantum and such, um, based on the myth of race, racial formation theory. That theory is not a myth. Uh, theory explains race. Why we have race. When, you know, science says there's no such thing. Just one, there's only one race, the human race. Shout out scientists. Thank you. I uh, thank you. Yeah, so what I'm talking about disenrollment based on money. What I mean by that is I'm talking about the per capitas, the per caps. So how's that for an intro? I basically broke it down in a very vague way. So like I said, if this is this is like a narrow audience, who am I talking to? Native people. Uh, definitely not talking to the federal government here. Law, I'm not. I'm not talking to lawmakers. I'm talking to. I'm talking to other Indians. And it. This is why it's so spicy. Because who am I? Huh? They asked me, who's my family? Where do you come from, huh? Huh? Go back to your people, huh? Don't tell us what to do. That's not how you talk to an elder. Oh, snap. 
Snap. They got they, Hey, you got me there. You got me there. Anyway, uh, gonna take a. I think it's time for a break, right? I introduced the topic. We're gonna get into it a little bit. Some details, context, uh, some examples of what I'm talking about and why this is so bad <laughs> and why it probably won't change. Just sad to say. Anyway, all that and more coming up next. Let's play a few messages and maybe a short song. Maybe. Probably not, though. All right. Thanks for listening. It's Bad Adam. Thank you for being a friend. Weekly public affairs show every 8 to 9. 9.30, actually. On here on Fridays. Oh, and by the way, I have some things to say about my theme song. Apparently, people are making fun of me because it's the Golden Girls song. All right. I'm going to address that. BRB. Are you looking to make Davis home? ASUCD HAUS is ready to help you do that with their annual housing week, a one-stop shop for all your house hunting needs. From February 28th to March 4th, housing week will cover everything from knowing your tenants' rights to finding the perfect roommate so that you're prepared to make Davis home. Follow at ASUCD HAUS to find out more. The ASUCD Pantry, YOLO Food Bank, and Aki Compass are proud to present the Eat Well YOLO Food Distribution. Every Tuesday from 2 to 4 p.m., you'll be able to grab free groceries such as dairy, produce, canned foods, and more. Everyone is welcome, including non-students as well. Come by to the south end of the MU, next to the quad, with an approved daily symptom survey and your own grocery bags. The assortment of groceries can vary week to week, so be sure to stop by to see what's available. We can't wait to see you on Tuesdays from 2 to 4 p.m. in front of the fountain by the MU.
Hi. Hi, welcome back. You listen to KDS Davis, 90.3 FM. With me, Pat Adam. It's thank you for being a friend, weekly public affairs show. Your weekly spicy public affairs show. Your local weekly spicy. Um, Anyway, yeah. Welcome back. We were talking about... Per capitalism. Which is a phrase coined by... Um, and this is an indigenous law lawyer based in Seattle named Gabe Delanda. So shout out, shout out Gabe. He's the one who taught me all this. So if you're mad, just go to him. I also said I was going to address uh, the, the hate. about my theme song actually I don't even think it's hate I think it's advice they're like oh don't play that song man Golden Girls so um, that's in my head <laughs> gonna have to block out the haters moving on though so if we're talking about per capitalism first I think we need to start with people Indian people as it's been taught to me like the proper way to introduce yourself you well, there are lots of ways to do this. But one way is to, you know, give your name, uh, say your clan or your nation or your tribe. And usually a very powerful marker is to announce how you're an enrolled member, which is to announce to everyone that you are. valid official and not everyone has that status not everyone who's Native American indigenous has that status because it's based on enroll it's based on enrollment it's based on the roles and if your family is not on those roles then very hard to uh, get enrolled even if everyone knows um, how those roles were created were structured by the federal government so if your family uh, didn't want to go along with that you won't be on those roles so I feel for all those people thankfully for me I'm on a couple, but my family's on a couple. 
so that's <laughs> that's got that's something um anyway um what i really want to emphasize though is like nation like a nation like a tribal nation that is not that is not how indigenous people here in this country whether it was like you want to say Uh, pre-contact with Christopher Columbus or before the formation of the United States of America 1770 so we're talking 1775, 1491 before all of that there was there was no government there was no power like that um, something that's fixed it doesn't change you know indigenous kinship is based on like more social rules like a, so you have a sense of belonging and uh obligation like it's based on social labors what you do for your people that's what tied us together, not a fixed government. And uh, there are some examples of this that's been, I'm not, I'm not just making this up based on some theory that I feel like it should be, even though I do have those feelings. Those feelings are what actually drove me into doing this research. Like, my big research projects in college was based on I was like what is traditional because <laughs> everyone's coming at me with different stuff and I'm like this doesn't seem right this seems like you're doing a version of Christianity and your values are based in capitalism um, but yeah in that research I found that it's it's not simple. Everything is muddled together. Tribes have different... In different parts. You know, everyone is autonomous. They have their own way of being. And sometimes it... Sometimes we're more out to play, you know? Like, I mean... We're okay with getting involved with white settlers and uh, doing business with them. Others were not so interested in doing that. Um, so yeah, that research was... <laughs> I still have a lot more research to go. You know, there's so much nuance. But some of this, uh, let me find like... There's statements in the 1700s from US Army officials describing uh, the Cherokee Nation. As being, like, 
without laws. There's I can think of another example, Navajo, Navajo Nation. I feel like I cite them too often. Um, their kinship system has been described and based on uh, writings done in the 1700s. Uh, that their kinship system was based on categories all completely different and non-compatible or than uh, how relationships work in Western culture. That they hadn't, that's that's where I got this idea of like no gov no government. Uh, they the idea that government could even exist that that was a thing. Uh, it could be like fixed and powerful and controlling. Uh, was completely foreign. For, the, for Dakota people... The Lakota... Their government, or call it government, but their kinship was based on being a good person to your people, having integrity, being reliable. And that was it. That's the government. You know? And I don't, this isn't something that I, I think is too hard for people to understand because we have a system like very similar to that already in place and it's why the government continues to exist and functions as it does it's a system of social control we control each other we put pressure on each other to behave a certain way and it goes unsaid no one needs to say anything so but yeah but when we look at things today like it's not like that like I said we have tribal nations uh tribal governments which were set up the parameters of which were set up by the federal government so that's why they mirror them and one of the key parameters was about blood quantum so you had to be a certain amount Indian to be a member of the Indian tribe and What does that mean? You know? Who's deciding that?
it brings me back to what I was talking about at the top of the show about racial formation from uh, from Michael Omi and Howard Winnett. The uh, this is a quote from them: "The term racial formation refers to the process by which social, economic, and political forces determine the content and importance of racial categories." And by which they are, in turn, shaped by racial meanings. So, we think about social, economic, and political forces. Non-European, non-whites had no place in uh, <laughs> very little influence, at least economically, socially, and no, very, let's say no political, not involved in the political sphere at all. Like this is all being decided for us. Even a, like a lot of these cases that were that control Indian law today which led to what our system of tribal nations were decided before native people here were even like uh, citizens American citizens they didn't even have citizenship so <laughs> these rights that's like that's not that's not that's not how it works in fact like even the words like nation and treaty, things that Indians in this country, people I know, all of us, you know, we really take these things for granted. In fact, there's a sense of pride sometimes when we talk about our nation, you know, and we talk about our treaty rights or our treaty rights being violated. Those are not concepts that existed traditionally. Those are white concepts. Those are European concepts, words. Uh, and they were created so that uh, they're part of the formation of this country. They needed to find a way to take the land um, and being able, they needed a way to rationalize it. And there's all sorts of ways, whether it's their like God given right, duty uh, to 
to do to take it um, or whether they 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 use their colonial laws to manipulate that and say like we legally took this land based on these treaties that we created which say that we can take them and so therefore we did nothing wrong and everything is fair and right so when we use these exact terms like (laughs) define ourselves and how we operate it's like It makes perfect sense why why we treat our own people the way we do. It also explains why like why there's so much confusion, like why I am so confused. Um, because we have our traditional ways and they say one thing and I'm talking about our traditional ways of kinship, of obligation to one another, um, our place in this world, you know. The meaning to our lives and our existence is like, Undermined or sometimes like contradictory to like the laws and establishment of like tribal nations and nationhood and being an enrolled citizen of quote Indian nation. in my notes here a court case that happened in the 1970s at Santa Clara Pueblo versus Martinez which kind of set off the per capita movement or like sort of legalized what people were doing was the 1970s 1930s no 1976 my mistake I have two my notes are really bad um, that I want to kind of get into. And we're getting close to the top of the hour, so let's reset. Let's reset and come back. I'm trying to go spicy. You know, I want to do jokes too. It's so much easier because I know jokes. I know spicy too, but I don't know spicy on the radio. I know spicy with my close friends. I know I won't get in trouble. (laughs) This is the public airwaves, so I'm constantly catching myself. And stopping what I'm saying. Or I say something too... It can be offensive. I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud a little bit. A little research. 
a little life, a little thinking out loud. That's that's kind of the show. Anyway, let's play another message and we'll be right back. It's, it's Bad Adam. Uh, thank you for being a friend with the Leaf Public Affairs Show. Weird me. Hey, Emmy. How's it going? Pretty good. I was just thinking about how I don't have any plans for this coming May 12th through 14th, and I'm feeling pretty bummed about it. Silly you. That's the weekend of the whole Earth Festival. Of course you have plans, because we're going. Oh my god, that just cured my clinical depression. I've never felt through it like this before. Come, Come to, to the, the whole Earth, Earth Festival, Festival happening May 12th through 14th for music, food, art, and community. Check out wef.ucdavis.edu for more information. Hi, welcome back. I played that one for all the Sacramento Kings fans. Keep telling me about this beam. Actually, they shout it. They say like the beam at the top of their voice. Lungs. Anyway, welcome back. Um, it's uh, thank you for being a friend with me, Bad Adam. 
I think we're gonna carry on till 9.30. There's a chance DJ Megatron might stop in. Early. So I was like, just like, we should, uh, or can I, can we talk uh, uh, during the show, like during that time in between, you know, I think it'd be fun. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that would be fun. It is kind of uh, an open space. So that might be happening. But in the meantime, let me try to lay out some groundwork for, what I, for the argument that I have yet to even make yet. I'm just... So, I mentioned before the last break a court case, Santa Clara Pueblo versus Martinez, which was a 19, I said 76, 78 Supreme Court case. Um, in the area of federal Indian law, which basically upheld. Um, the Indian Civil Rights Act of 1968, which in it explained that tribal nations have the right to choose criteria for membership. And uh, the federal government can't intervene on that. That's the each, in, each Indian nation's choice how they want to handle that. Um, But basically, in that case, it involved the uh, disputed tribal membership of uh a daughter of one of the tribal members, quote, full-blooded member of the Santa Clara Pablo, Pueblo, excuse me. Um, so Martinez married a member of the Navajo Nation. Um, and, in, and according to the rules that Santa Clara Pueblo put into place about who can be a member of their Indian nation, their Indian tribe, her daughter was not eligible for membership. And it's according to to blood quantum, right? She wasn't full-blooded Santa Clara Pueblo. She was half Navajo, making her ineligible. So... Yeah, this this case went all the way to the Supreme Court, and they upheld it. They said that Indian nations have the right to decide, and we can't do nothing about it. And the court ruling was done by Thurgood Marshall. Um, what we think of as like being a pretty. good judge very helpful to people um, standing up for people
But one of the things that he wrote in that Supreme Court ruling is that the Congress should not rush to act. To make new laws to fix this problem. And people still point to that as why they can't do anything about this. The thing though, at the time, like, there really wasn't, like, disenrollment. Uh, that happened later. That happens later, happens, it's really happening now, but the groundwork for why that's happening is started by that case. Subsequently, there was... Well, there was the 1983 Indian Gaming Act, but uh, before I get to that, which is really uh, the whole point of all of this. The reason why tribes withhold enrollment and why they aren't more open with it is about you know, they, why they want to keep the tribal membership down. It's about concentrating the wealth. The less members there are, the less we have to share with other people and more for us. And what's really sad about that um, <laughs> and you look at it in this in this case it's like her daughter can't is no longer a member of our tribe anymore like aren't we're denying our own family we're denying our own kinship. We're denying... You're like, you're no longer a part of us. And if we think back, like, before... Colonialism... Why would any tribe do that? Why would you deny your own family? You know, a place, a... a of belonging like you're not a part of us it's it's because of like capitalism and the money that's involved and as as i mentioned like then this was before this court ruling was made before uh the indian gaming act but now that we have like this huge divide um between gaming tribes and non-gaming tribes, uh, federally recognized tribes, and non-federally recognized tribes, because only federally recognized tribes uh, can uh, do Indian gaming. It's only increased the pressure to not allow enrollment and since they have the right to decide the people who are already enrolled the members decide they're they don't want to enroll their children 
because then they have to share the money with them and their families and such and so on and so on and like it's really it's just so sad that this is happening because it's not just the money you know it's a sense of I belonging meaning purpose it's it's being cut off unnecessarily like per capita's it's really hard for me to say this but like because you see what what can happen the good that can come from the influx of money to people who you know on our own land having to live on the fringes not able to hardly able to survive and now we have our own we can support ourselves you know but this very thing that's feeding us is killing us It's affecting how we treat each other. Our family, you know? And it's not just children, it's people who are already enrolled, you know? Your brothers and sisters. your parents they're getting disenrolled and it's a wave it's happening all over and on top of that like It's like it's infected like every part every aspect of our lives the fact that money comes in and we don't do anything really for it it's like yeah it hurts me to say this There's really no reason to change. There's no reason to change it. Because then you'll be taken away. Why would we, why would we do that, you know? Why would we say no to this money? And my feelings are 
But as long as we have per capita, as long as we have these unchecked rules on tribal enrollment, things are just going to keep getting worse. It's going to get more, not just contentious, but like violent. You know? People's livelihoods are on the line here. Not just individuals, you know, everyone in their family. And we're like, we're denying our people. I just, uh, okay. All right. I think I've said enough. I think I've said enough on that. Here's some, here's some stats. Here's some stats on on uh, the racial slash fictional, as we know, racial formation theory. Seventy uh, percent of tribes use racial slash fictional blood quantum as a metric for enrollment. Over ninety tribes, fifteen percent of the federally recognized have disenrolled ten thousand relatives in counting. Countless tribes are no longer enrolling their babies and grandbabies. Count babies. Countless more tribes are uh, fixated on per capitalism, including gaming welfare. Our whole system that I described in the first half of the show, like uh, our kinship system. Uh, of reprocity um, of the social labor we we do for one another that's like that's basically gone you know what we see now is just like a system of exclusion of It's violence against one another. We're we're oppressing ourselves with this system, you know. We should be taking care of each other, and like I said in the very top of the show, when I was talking about one of my favorite people, and my this is making me cry. Um, my uh, one of my first uh, Native of, I think it was actually my very first Native American Studies class. My professor, she said, our greatest resource is each other. And I think back about some of the. The research I did about what is traditional. And yeah, still a lot more work to do there in terms of my own research. But basically, the number one takeaway is that capitalism, colonialism is infused in every part of our lives as Native people. 
and what a lot of people will call traditional is just <laughs> is is just uh it's really not how about that it's western white culture it's been kind of morphed into something that this is like a, a facade of Indianness. Christianity too, which is a part of that. It's really sad to see how Christianity uh Twisted. Native spirituality. So really, what, what do we do, huh? What do we do about this? Obviously, we can't go back in time, right? is what I've always hated about the uh, decolonized movement. We can't, we can't go back to a time where there was no Christianity, uh, colonialism, uh, capitalists, imperialism. Like, we're here now. Uh, all these things have happened. Genocide. But on the other hand, we can't just keep doing this things the same way. Like, we don't need to perpetuate these systems. Like, we can do something about this. And maybe, like, the first step would be to throw out these enrollment systems. Uh, systems of per capitalism. And you know, renew our commitment to each other. Our our own kinship system. And you know, and fuse that in with modern life. Because uh, this is another thing. <laughs> right? Uh I'm not I'm not the most traditional. I'm a I'm a modern guy. It's funny to me because uh, of the kind of things that I can happen with me and the like tribal elders are so judgmental of me. <laughs> I'm a modern guy. I'm not that traditional. Oh, hey. What's up, DJ Megatron? I told people that you might be dropping in. Do you want to solve on the mic? Please, I just got here and realized that I made my coffee and I forgot it on my kitchen counter. So that's, what? That's how my morning's going bad, Adam. How about you? Um, I basically do stuff like that every day. That's why I was late this morning. Oh no! I you know not, I thought not coffee really. I thought about you last night because I know you were super late with the storms the other day, and I was like, oh my gosh, I hope that Adam's not late for his show again if it's raining. Is it raining outside? No, it's beautiful. Yeah, I, that's that's what it was when I came in, and I like put it's on my heavy and jacket, and I got really confused because I thought maybe I had just dreamed that it was so stormy yesterday. <laughs> um, was that a dream? No. 
Because I heard it pretty loud. And then also a lot of sirens, too. Oh, I didn't hear those. Well, I'm living in Midtown Sacramento. And ah. <laughs> things were going down. And it started early, like 4 or 5 o'clock. Oh, I don't wow. remember. The sirens started. Um, Yeah, how's it going? Other, other than that. Well. The reason I was almost late. Oh, sorry to interrupt. <laughs> yeah. I, I couldn't find my keys, but how are you, how's it going? I actually couldn't find my keys yesterday. Uh, this week, I would say overall pretty good. At the end of the quarter is like here. I didn't go to class most days this week. The end of the quarter is here. The quarters are so short. I kind of like it, though. I don't. I kind of like it because I don't like, even. I feel like semesters are even short. Well, because it's like if you don't like a class, it's just over. Like it's only ten weeks. You just kind of. Oh, if I don't like a class, through. if I don't like a class, it's over on day one. In my mind, I'm like, it's over. My degree requirements say otherwise. Unfortunately. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll I'll take the class and I'll. Just meant yeah. Well, I mean that's why I didn't go to some of my classes this week. <laughs> Stay in school. You're gonna pass, right? Yeah. My my. Oh yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I um, I found that when I didn't go to class, my grades weren't so good. No, I literally, I haven't checked Canvas in like three weeks, but I'll, I'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> Except my, my, my system, students right? that I teach get a kick out of it, but I'm like, yeah, I got to be here early for like checking them in for the day. Oh, you're Because I didn't go to class. You teach students? Yeah, I teach theater. I did not know that. I, I teach theater. I thought you were undergrad. I am. And you teach? Yeah, I teach youth theater in town. Oh, that's right. That's right. I thought you were teaching here at UC Davis. No, so I was like, no. They're really, they're really, uh. <laughs> they're really leaning into that student labor exploitation. I was thing. like, wow. <laughs> so they found a new uh, class yeah. to exploit. Um, anyway, I feel like I'm going to take a quick break and then uh, we can come back on. and. Ooh, what's up next? We got some we got some long Del Rey Bellaire instrumental. Nice choice. Thank you. Alright. Uh, it's it's Fathom here with uh, DJ Megatron. Thank you for being a friend of the public affairs show. Oh by the way, I should mention I haven't mentioned this. You can uh, find all the archive recordings of the show. This is a public affairs show? It sure is. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, I play I play music. But I talk. Have you not heard it? not <laughs> that's right that's right no one listens <laughs> I, I hear Shout the recordings parents. that play back when i come in at nine o'clock for the half hour before my show oh <laughs> um, yeah it's talk but uh you know i'm also a music dj i do 6 to 8 a.m so oh, anyway soundcloud.com slash bad adam 69 you can find all the archive recordings there if you care about that and i i know some of you do okay bye for now
Turning Point USA promotes racist, homophobic, anti-abortion, and transphobic rhetoric. They maintain a professor watch list and a school board watch list to surveil and target educators for their political positions. They have connections to the violent neo-fascist Proud Boys and the white nationalist League of the South. Did you know that this organization, Turning Point USA, has a chapter at UCD? Did you know that their leader plans to speak here on March 14th? No Police Radio and many UC Davis community members are speaking out to say that there is no place for Turning Point USA on this campus. On Turning Point USA's website, you will find articles denying systemic racism, suggesting that queer people and drag performers are groomers, portraying climate crisis as no more than a fictional scare tactic, and criticizing access to contraceptives for high school students. Is this an organization you want on this campus? As me and Bad Adam down here just finished listening to that little advertisement and collectively went, No! no. <laughs> this is DJ Megatron. I'm going to be hopping on for the next half an hour, so I just got to get some music set up first. We're going to play a little fade out music, and then I'll hop right back on with some music today. Which, speaking of, we are going to be having a special edition of my show. I, you know, knowing that Turning Point USA is coming to Kansas City, in general response to the fact that there's still a lot of anti-trans bills and legislation being passed, which is really, really sad because that's just, people deserve rights. People deserve rights, people deserve to live, people deserve care and health care and access to lifestyles that are in full support of their autonomy as human beings. I agree. Um, I thought it'd be cool to do a playlist this week featuring all trans and queer uh, all rock artists, so I'm going to get that set up down here in just a second and I'll be right back on. That Adam have any last words? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got a lot. Go for it. I got to sell for time. Um... No, we got plenty of time. I was in the middle of a really serious topic right before you walked in. It was just so funny. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, I was, was about to, to cry. Oh, no. I'm actually happy you stopped it. Because, uh, yeah. I was, we were talking about per-capitalism uh, and disenrollment and what's happening with Indian nations in this country, tribal communities, and... Yeah, it gets me emotional because yeah. we're committing genocide on our own people. Anyway, just wanted to uh, wrap that up and say, yeah, we got this. We're still fighting. It's sad, and maybe we'll never see this. Maybe we'll never see the end of per capita, but I really think that we should be addressing this enrollment thing because we're denying our own people. It's, it's kind of chaotic, like all of my shows, but thank you. Appreciate that. Anyway. No problem. All right. Bye. I will stay on and figure out how to get this music that's playing turned out.